episode of Speaker Supplydlin is made possible by our generous patrons. Special thanks to our supreme and master speakers, Omeju Cat Comet, Erisu Yamakawa, Alex Franco AV, Winebow Brood, Psyche, Azuta Starbreeze, Cletus Oreo, Nina Grimstarter, Lily Black, Bob Cece, Mikto Rapuntau, Sapa Chakwatol, Edwin, Arcadia Lunashine, Umbral Wind, Quick Levin, Pamela Isley, Camille Grinno, Elenriel Maximus, Codrith Novelist, Mira Miri, Suno Shikano, Celesto Notrell, Lazy Boy, A Wild Sarah, Luke Osborne, Pandalu Stormarrow, Tex, Kylin, Anathus Moonscar, Arthur Law, Beridan Derard, Saipup, Spencer Christmas, Noy Fafner, Chesha Saltiri, Celine Deloon, Woobsta Wolf, Face on Masher, Severa, Cirque Barakil, and AJ Brainswordson. Support the show and become a patron today at patreon.com slash speakersxiv. Thank you. Good evening, Aorsians. Welcome to Speakers of Fidelin episode uh, 326. I am Lakeel Bravestone, and I'm joined today by Georgi Wiston, Mail of Anadar, and Rollo Des. Hello. Uh, oh, God, for a second, I thought we had no audio. Um, welcome. This is episode 200. 300. Oh, my God. 326. It's been 26 episodes since we switched it. to 300. It's only been 26 weeks. It is November 19th, 2022, and today we are going to do, we're going to read through um, something that's very rare. It's a pretty in-depth interview with Foxclon. Uh, um, it's, it's, it's an 11 interview, technically, but it's interesting to learn more about Foxclon. I feel like it's a... He's uh, I almost called him a character. He kind of is. Uh, he's a funny little man, yeah, man. he's a funny little man, but we know very little about him, I, I think. So it'd be interesting to hear what he has to say. Uh, also, we'll be talking about the Game Awards nomination, and we'll be reading your Mogmail, slash Mogmail. I've been working on the website to make it faster. Uh, so uh, it should be better now, um, but yeah. I'm still working on it. But yeah. Now yeah, I'm tempted to go uh, look. <laughs> See how quickly it loads. Time it. Um, yes. You're saying, Roland? Sorry, what were you saying? Oh, he'll just post all the Twitter employees that are leaving. Just <laughs> They've all come to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, stay tuned for the poster. We'll be answering questions from the syndicate. Um, and uh, that's if you're watching live. Let's jump into recent events. And in recent events, uh, we'll start with uh, the free login campaign, which has returned to us once more. Uh, started yesterday, November 18th, 8 GMT, 7 uh, Australia time. Uh, to uh, and it will last until September six. Sorry, December sixteenth. Uh, there are uh, part of, parts of Australia that would hate you saying. Australia I know. Time. I just can't be bothered. It's the same thing as I'm saying a Europe time when Aussie there's time, technically yeah. three European time zones. <laughs> um, so uh, yes, you can you can invite your friends to the game. 
It's like 96 hours, isn't that usually the gimmick? Um, it's four days. Yeah, four days. So yeah, just link them and say, hey, can't spell free login campaign without paying. Right. And they'll jump on that one, absolutely. Is it, they'll love it. Is Rollo's audio weird for you right now? Am I, am I a little stranger? Am I weird? Hold on, maybe. You're uh, a little echoey. You are. We're going to uh, gonna have a little... My no, my microphone is the right one. It says okay. What if I? Yeah, you are. It's definitely the right microphone. Uh, that's better. Well, that is better. You you just need to be closer to it. Okay, that's fine. All right. Anyways, uh, yes. Uh, if you have a friend that's uh, not uh, playing, Lonigan. Hmm. Lonigan, if you're watching, free login campaign, Vero. (laughs) <laughs> come come on you're only <laughs> she's on heaven not you still. orange um not I you she was on stormblood oh was she on stormblood she oh yeah she did back. she came back yeah she's really good at the game she now. did come back she finished stormblood she got like halfway through shadowbringers i think oh, uh, she's further than i thought she was yeah uh oh is she on stormblood because Okay, let's not have people check her level right now. But uh, <laughs> right now, <laughs> yeah, she might have been working through Shadowbringers. Um, okay, uh, so or maybe even if you're watching, I know that some people who are not currently playing like to watch this show just to stay up to date, even though they're no longer playing. You can you can jump back in now uh, for free if you'd like. Yeah. Um, starting now, so um, go do that. Check uh, information on the Lodestone. Um. Yeah. Go on. I think you need to have as been. As usual, the yeah. Go on. As usual, the best part is that it starts as soon as you log in. So mm-hmm. all yes. that time it spends downloading updates uh, counts towards your ninety-six hours. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um. Okay. Moving on. Um. Oh right. Okay. So we're hmm, we're having it all happen today, huh? Uh. Let's see. Um, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about a story that everyone cares about right now, uh, and that is um, the end of support for Windows 8.1. Wow. My God. No. Yeah, it's happening. They did it to them. Um, what about Windows 8? Like, I get staying on 7, right? Like, I get yeah, Absolutely. I, I, I get being on 10, too, because you know, 10's, you know, I get being a weirdo on 11, like you want to be an early adopter, mm-hmm. but why 8.1? What it, like, <laughs> I agree with why you. Why are you on 8.1? Yeah, <laughs> it's me. weird. It, it, it's, it's, it's interesting how 8.1 has become 8. Like, we, we well, don't really yeah. say Windows, no one's used, I don't think Windows 8 is even like a thing anymore. Windows mm-hmm. 8 was the flop, 8, uh, 8.1 was like the the attempt at saving it. That's why they refer to... Because I think Windows 8 was the one that forced you to have, like, the tiles as, like, the yes, start yes. screen. The Metro tile. Yeah, 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 yeah. Metro, oh, yeah. 8.1 reintroduced the, the more familiar um, home screen. It still had the... Oh, God. Horrible. 8.1... Like, Windows 8, just whatever. Shitty uh, OS. Um, Buy. It was designed for tablets. Yes. Which is weird for so, a desktop operating system. Right? Like... Oh, what a strange decision. Maybe, maybe they thought the future was in touchscreen well, desktops. Yeah, oh. this was this was around the time that they also, I think that was the point, they released Windows Phone as well, which used the same mm. OS. Mm. Yeah. So they wanted Never to like... Never try a Windows one, Phone. 
No, I had either. one. It was terrible. I've never was used it? <laughs> Wasn't that Nokia uh, making those? I think Nokia had like a second win with uh, win uh-huh. with those, and then you know, they it bet on the wrong horse. They they, they mm. did. Yeah, I I was an early adopter for Windows uh, phones. So bad at launch. It got slightly better. Mm-hmm. I think by the time like Windows eight came out or eight point one or something like that. Yeah, still shit. Yeah, biggest regret was being on those phones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, um, if you are one of the pl- the the people that play fourteen on eight point one, it might be time to upgrade because uh, support for Final Fantasy fourteen on Windows eight point one will end on January tenth, twenty twenty three. Microsoft will no longer provide security updates or support for PCs running Windows eight point one after January tenth, twenty twenty three. So even Microsoft is abandoning it. So we have found that continuing support for this operating system is a difficult proposition. You will likely be able to play Final Fantasy XIV on Windows 8.1 systems even after the end of support. However, after we discontinue support, we will, as a general rule, no longer be able to provide support for problems arising as a result of the operating system. Square Enix may respond to requests for technical support regarding Windows 8.1 issues after the end of support, but such informal support will be limited on a case-by-case basis and is not guaranteed. Thank you for your understanding and continued support. Uh, so, are you argue with it? No. Hmm. What's they'll just link you to like a a key website for like Windows 11 if you ask them for right. help. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Please just buy it. Just upgrade already. Come on, man. Yeah. It's it's. Did in- we figure out that it's a ten year old OS? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's around nine or ten years. Yeah. Which. Which is crazy because in three, was it, no, two, how long is it? In 2025, Windows 10 will, they will end support for Windows 10, which is crazy. Uh, That will mark its 10th uh, anniversary. Um, Uh, Windows 10 was supposed to be the forever one. What happened? I know. Yeah, I know. They were like, this is, okay, this is the platform now. Just come to this one. Yeah. Everyone gets a free upgrade. I wish they just kept to that. Yeah. Uh, This... (laughs) This lodestone post specifies <clears throat> after January tenth. Do you think yes. that is confirming that's when the the patch will drop six point three? Ooh, it Ooh, might be. Is that a Tuesday? If January tenth is, is a Tuesday, yeah, then it's it 100% is a Tuesday. Day. Yeah, and that's early January. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they, uh, it's been that when they say early January, they specifically mean the first ten days. The, yeah. That was the translation of the Japanese they used. Right. There you go. So. They're sticking out to the limit, but yeah. Can can people on Windows eight point one still upgrade for free, or has that ship sailed? Um, you, you can. Oh. Um, you need if you want to. You have to do what I did. And oh right. To, uh, you have to uh, claim that you are um otherwise abled. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Can uh, you believe uh, this is basically uh, stolen valor, but like for the yeah, disabled? It is. It is <laughs> unbelievable. Criminal on the left and right of me today. So yeah. we have. What, what, wow. what do you mean? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, not you, Mailer. Not you. Not Thank you. you. On the far left and the far right. I've only learned it. Someone who cannot be abled. Oh my god! Just yeah. to get a Windows upgrade. For yeah. shame. Yeah. For but there, shame. there's no general, like, you can upgrade. Like, people on Windows 10 are constantly getting, like, hey, you can upgrade, upgrade to Windows 11 for free, you know? No. They don't get there's that. There's no way to do that on Windows 8 by default. I Damn. had to um, 
as I said, I had to, oh. had to go to their website and, and follow through some steps. You are a former mm. 8.1 user. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's very that recent that you switched. That's Well, not on this not on this laptop. No. On my old one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. That's oof, awful. Uh, I don't think I I don't think I ever had 8.1 on any of my computers. That's the no, one I skipped. Mm, yeah. Seven to ten. Yeah, I seven. had uh, eight on a laptop uh, on my spare, and I was like, "This fucking sucks." Yeah, I rolled it back <laughs> and, and skipped it <laughs> yeah. until uh, eight point one was fine though. It wasn't great, obviously, but it was fine. It was you know you could well, use it. Didn't it also have like it had performance issues? It was just a bad OS, I think. Well, would, yeah, it did it, have performance issues. Yeah. Uh, does this mean that 14 is going to get graphical and UI updates? I don't think based on I don't think 8.1 is going to to Oh, it was a mistake. I just saw it pin. I like how you deleted it's been deleted <laughs> now. It was crazy. <laughs> All right. Mods going mad in chat here. Oh All right. Um Okay. Anyways, uh, pretending that didn't happen. Moving on, uh, Game Awards. Uh, Whoa! EGA. Jeff yeah. Keighley Power Hour. Y yeah, um, fourteen. <laughs> fourteen has been nominated to two awards this year: uh, best wow. ongoing game uh, and best community support. So it's the same ones we were yep. nominated for last nominated year. I think. For last one. I'm pretty sure we won both of them last year. We definitely won best ongoing game. I can't remember if we won best community support. Right. I still remember just Reggie fils -me, Yeah, uh, saying Final Fantasy saying, 14. Saying Final Fantasy 14. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, just a weird moment in, like, I guess, games history or something. Or yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah. Uh, this year, uh, same as, bef like, like, like we said last year, uh, it's December 8th. It's at like one, like midnight. When is it again? It's like one a.m. Twelve thirty my time. Oh, 12. Yeah, one thirty. And then it's like oh, it's like a really unpleasant time for me. It's like eleven thirty a.m. And that's Don't like worry, seven. I'll get, I'll get work off. Oh, do you want to say the et? Yeah, Rolla. You want to say the competition it's going up against this year for those categories? Uh, if we had that in the show notes, I could have easily pulled that. Uh, what is <laughs> what is the competition? I got you, baby. Don't worry. All right, okay. all right. Go on. <laughs> for, best, for best ongoing game, it's uh, Apex Legends. Uh, I think they were there yes, last year. Mm -hmm. a lot, I think they a lot were. of these people, the same oh, ones. They're ongoing. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Destiny 2, uh, Final Fantasy XIV, uh, Fortnite, and, and uh, Genshin Impact. We might um, not win we that, were, but we have a chance. Yeah. We were worried that Fortnite would beat us last year, and we did. We did win. <clears throat> I've heard that Destiny Two is going through some sort of like high point in its uh, development cycle. Ooh. Oh. So that, not that, that might high. make it competitive. Mm. Okay. And um, best community support, literally the same list, except there's no Genshin Impact. Just replace that with No Man's Sky. That's it. <laughs> oh. No, I think we're probably gonna win both of those. Because the second category is about like developer transparency and things like that, and yeah. I've never seen a game this like community focused with their devs, mm. like the like live lesson and everything, and, and all the posts they make. And when things go wrong, they do these like clarity posts. And yeah, yeah, I think we if True. we don't win that, it'd be a surprise. Yeah, I yeah. don't see the same happening for like Apex or Destiny. No, no. When they make like unpopular no. big changes. Yeah, uh, I mean, I get see no, no. Guys, that big moment, but you know, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see No Man's Sky being competitive for best community support. Yeah. For the turnaround that they've managed mm-hmm. to achieve, mm-hmm. but I think that's the only one that we're really competing with for that particular award. Yeah. Yeah. Get dunked on Fortnite. Man, I so I forget how much the game awards kind of suck. <laughs> Every time, uh, it's always the same handful. I enjoy game awards, even though I know it's like marketing, like two hours of marketing. I don't care. I want to see new yeah, things. Yeah, that's what what's annoying is that you you there's some good like ninety five percent of it is just paid for advertising, but then there's that five five mm-hmm. percent of like actual content that makes it worth yeah. it. Um, but it's like. Like a game of the year is like okay, Plague Tale, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon mm-hmm. Forbidden West, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Mm-hmm. I think like two or three of those may belong there, but I just yeah. And it's last year. Last year it takes two one Roller. What? Last year it takes two wins one. So yeah. don't count any of them out. That's true. It takes two was a bit of a an underdog in that. So. Is this the one where it always, every time they win, it puts to them like at their in their house or wherever, <laughs> and they're just like, you know, well, oh, we're really depends, grateful. It depends on if the developers are in in person or not. It's difficult for some developers to be in person yeah, in LA. Know, but yeah. it was that. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember. It, like every single one, they're like, now we'll cut to. Well, that was because of the pandemic when like Janine the last two from shows. Devolver Digital, and she's like, oh, hey, it's Janine here. Yeah, we're really grateful. Remember, and then they, that's kind of, that era is kind of over now, so we might oh, actually true. Was, yeah going to yeah. see more in you know what is it the word in person? Uh, in person, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that shit don't matter. You know that they would be doing whatever. Yeah, no. <laughs> that we might. Uh, we might see more Final Fantasy and a new Final Fantasy sixteen trailer. You never know. Another one. Yeah, we would. Yeah. I need more. I think I need the game actually. I, th- <laughs> I just need the game. I th- oh, crisis core first. I feel true. That's true, but I don't know if they're going to show that off because I think it's no, too no. soon. Yeah, I think it's it will releasing on December thirteenth or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We could get a part uh, seven, part two trailer as well. Mm-hmm. True. Right. Um, yep. Well, anyways, uh, we will be covering it. I think. Um... Mm-hmm. That lands on a, well, it's night of so, Friday. It's Friday. like Friday night for Friday. Europe. Well, Friday, early Friday morning. Yeah. Very early. It's like, yeah, like we said, 1 a.m. Central Europe or one thirty a.m. Central European time, which is about 7, 7.30 Eastern, I think, for the U.S. I mean, it's at a reasonable time for the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's prime time. So, um, yeah, anyways, um, that's that. Let's move on. We need to read some mog mail, so uh, let's jump in. This is from Tristan Lightwell from Brynhildr, and this one is, I tried so hard to make this fit on screen, but it is too much. Uh, So I am just going to read it. Um, So uh, here we go. Hi, speakers. I recently decided to go back and play the 5.4 6.0 content and so decided to go back and watch your 5.4 spoiler cast. 
One of the responses to the mog mails you re read intrigued me. So as uh, not to require you to go back and watch the episode in order to answer, it was someone... Well, because we weren't going to. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was someone yeah. asking about the uh, decreased amount of content and the de uh, decrease in difficulty of the game as a whole. It prompted a big discussion about the unifying of the tank classes, healer classes, etc. in order to bring their power in line with each other. I think it was Lukiel who mentioned that, in Final Fantasy XI, the samurai could be a tank because of how the class interacted with a specific stat. True. I don't have any extensive experience with Eleven, but I played EverQuest for years, and I know that Eleven was very similar to EverQuest, in that you could find unique ways to play classes that were outside of what was originally intended by the developers. In EverQuest, for instance, you could become the solo solo kiting king on a necromancer, or you could tank with a cleric. Both were originally uh, unintended, but the developers eventually leaned into it after the community discovered the utility. Both games were also much slower, which I think is a big contributing factor to why you could do this. I know Final Fantasy XIV was originally a much slower game, with lots more stats than we now have, and you could take skills and spells from other classes slash jobs and do all this other customizing. It seems like Final Fantasy XIV was originally intended to be much more open, like Eleven. Perhaps Tanaka had continued... Perhaps if Tanaka had continued as lead, we'd have the ability to actually tank as dragoons, rather than just pretending for a while before dying. <laughs> so here's the question. Do you feel like the unifying of the classes into set and uh, undeviating roles, the de decrease in the variety of different stats, the constant rebalancing, and, I guess, the simplification of our characters as a whole, is what has allowed this game to flourish the way it has? Would Final Fantasy XIV still be a good game if it played as slowly as it did at 1.0 launch? Would having several dozen stats to keep track of have made it better or worse? Would you rather have trials where you mostly stand and watch cooldowns, or would you prefer the highly mobile versions we have today? I sometimes have rose-colored glasses when I think back to EverQuest and the openness of the way it worked. But when I go back and play it again, I almost immediately miss the much quicker, flashier, easier-to-understand version of an MMO that is also much better at telling a story. In other words, I miss current Final Fantasy XIV. And I can't see that openness working well in current... Wait. I miss current 14, and I can't see that openness working well in current 14. Oh, I see. Too confusing for new people to learn, which means the game only really holds on to people that love the numbers game, which means it never becomes the hit it is today. Even though I get the resistance to change that exists in any community that loves their game as much as this one does, I truly think most of the changes have been for the best. Sorry for the wall of text, but I find this topic fascinating and hope it interests you as well. Thanks, speakers. Tristan Lightwell. Whew, okay. Um, well, Mr. 1.0, what do you think? Well, I think... I think the changes that they've made to 14 since 1.0 has been for its benefit. Uh, 14 1.0 was a game designed with the past generation in mind like it did not want to renew anything it just wanted to do what had been done before and didn't really look at the competition we, that's like the deep issue with 14 i'm sure 14 would have 
maybe hobbled on if Tanaka was left in charge, but it would have been that weird... It would have been that weird MMO that's very niche. It would have been small, and it would have probably cannibalized more of Eleven's player base. Uh, maybe it would have killed Eleven and taken that, that player base instead, if it kept its, like, slow... 1.0 was slow. Let's just make that clear. It was very slow, and it was clearly modeled after 11, but it was 11 with hot bars. Um, which, okay. Um, the, the stats system that we had, I mean, okay, you could argue that maybe if they put more effort... A lot of the things that have been removed in 14 is stuff that they didn't bother to deal with. They're like, okay, this is a leftover thing. We're going to remove it eventually. Don't put any work into like improving it. I don't mm -hmm. think having customizable stats would have been much given this game any edge. I don't I don't think people I mean, care. I don't see how it would matter in the like even as of 2.0 it didn't matter significantly enough to put it into anything other than your main stats. Exactly. That's what happened. There the meta would decide where you put it anyways. I mean, you couldn't have your own custom build for a white mage because you would know that the only thing you want to put your stats into is mind, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and then, like, how... <laughs> I mean, how many instances where was it... Where was it actually reasonable to use elemental material? <laughs> right. Well, see, I guess the oh. counter-argument <laughs> for that was that... I, the thing, the way I've sort of analyzed, I've, I, I can kind of see what Yoshi P has done after he took over. He would look at the game and he'd be like, I don't want to deal with all this shit that they had built up before. And I'm just going to leave <laughs> it until I can remove it. And that's what he's <laughs> been doing over these past few years. This, if he had actually gone in with the intention to make all this like weird materia usable, like maybe have elemental damage be a real thing that you would have to build for maybe you know imagine okay so if i'm gonna imagine tanaka being in charge maybe when you're going into ifrit you would be like okay guys we need to we need to get fire resistance materia melded let's prepare that let's get some you know they'd probably have additional things like fire ward potions we do have that we have something similar to that i think don't we like something no maybe not but we if do, yeah. oh, we, we do well we used to have fire ward potions but yeah. Now they just turn into dyes. Right, right. Um, stuff like that would have probably still been in the game if Tanaka was here. Where it, where the strategy is not just when you're there, it's before as well. It's part of the prep. There's a prep period as well as an actual um, fight. Um, which is more like the 11. That's how 11 works. You need to strategize before you get into the content. In 14, you jump into the content and then you strategize, which, you know. Well, there are some things where you do have to strategize a little bit. Like, in for like um, things, particularly in Eureka and a little bit in Bolsia, you do have to prepare like your skills and stuff beforehand right. such that... You have what's necessary and, to and that's, that's, clear the content. And that's interesting because that's sort of trying to like capture some of the, the quote-unquote magic uh, from the older games where you, where you had to do that. So, yeah. Um, I love it, though. A lot more manageable, I think. Like, even if 
you aren't like a super super tuned in to like the meta or how things work or how Bajja works. Mm-hmm. You can kind of figure out like, hey, bubble gives me more health. Yeah. Health more good. Mm-hmm. I can put it on my party. Yeah. Maybe one of us in the party should have that. Mm-hmm. Bravery, same thing. More damage. Maybe someone in the, you know. Yeah. It's yeah, nothing yeah. it's nothing crazy. Right, right. Um yeah. variant dungeons are like the most simplified version of that where like you get like four choices before yes. you go in. Yes. Yes. Um yeah, I don't think um would you rather have trials where you mostly stand and watch cooldowns or do you prefer the highly yeah, because that's that's essentially the eleven uh approach. <laughs> you you use a skill and then now you have used that skill, so now you have to wait uh, until that skill is ready again. Um, uh, well, to here it's like I mean we've we've been trying to do Sephiroth, um, Sephiroth, Unreal. That fight gives you no time to think. Uh, so you you, it's like the polar opposite of an eleven fight. Because um, in eleven it's like okay, li- literally on voice. This would be what we did on voice. I've used my uh, f- uh, glare. Uh, I'm ready in, in uh, three minutes. And then it'll be just, just be silence. Be like, all right, I'm auto-attacking. All right, I've used my uh, my stone. I'm ready in, in a minute. Just make a bot with your voice. Just says it just like that every yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So... You're, you're the captain. All right, lads. <laughs> yeah. All right, lads and lassies, who's going? Who's going is the miners to throw rocks at Ifrit? <laughs> um I, I think though really it's like it's such a there's a balance mm-hmm. a very interesting balance between like job rotations and their, and their intricacies and difficulty and then the actual fight difficulty mm-hmm. and complexity yeah because if i'm being like honest i think most rotations for every job in this game it's pretty easy yeah you know as in like if you're just hitting the dummy like I personally, I feel like I can pick up most rotations, like, uh, I would say, like, optimally or, like, pretty close to it, mm-hmm. like, 30 minutes of hitting the dummy. You know, if I'm just practicing doing that, yeah, it's easy. Yeah. But the, it, it's supposed to be easy because the hard part is, you know, juggling the balls while you're also trying to, like, navigate a maze at the mm-hmm. same time, you know, yeah. where, where, uh, of the fight. Um, and, but sometimes that balance is kind of weird. Or sometimes the fight is just kind of. I'm I'm doing my rotation. Yeah. I am I am hitting the dummy for yeah. the boss. Yeah. And mm-hmm. occasionally I might move. Yeah. yeah. Um. So maybe they could do better with that. But I, if that would ever change of being more like uh, slower, I guess, or even like a slower, slower rotation, or easier, or um more like. <sighs> One point, or even I would say, even a base of Realm Reborn, um, it'd be a pretty stark contrast, I think. Yeah, and pretty not fun. I, I, I don't think it'd be, <laughs> as, uh, but that's just me and my preference. I like the the chaoticness of trying to do multiple things at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't think the idea is inherently bad of like 
the standing still and like going the the challenge is the rotation. I just don't think this game could go back to that anymore. I think <coughs> no. you, you would need to go to a different game for that. Which is why I'm glad we have they they still make content. Like if you want I mean they've nerfed Eureka quite a lot from launch, but Eureka, I mean, Eureka and all that sort of, sort of content is still trying to emulate some of that old school shit. Um, it reminds me, there was there was a recent post on the subreddit of someone that cleared Animus and they got to, um, uh, what's it called? Um, Pagos. What's after Animus? Pagos. And they were like, is this it? <laughs> do I have to do this for 15 levels? Yeah. Like, there are, people just aren't... Or at least new players aren't prepared for that kind of <laughs> slow grind anymore. No, uh, no. I, I mean, you can only like kill crabs on the beach for like hours at a time. But yeah. that crabs Thanks. in the mountains, Rollo, the no. lost ones. Yeah, no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's um, the changes that they've made to the game are for the best. I think. Do you remember early days of Armored Reborn, Lukiel, when what was it? the the monk tank uh, was a thing? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ironic get... because ironic because they were the ones that didn't couldn't share gear with tanks. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I think people still tried to find like gear that had whatever was the tank stat. Was it fatality back in the? I, I don't remember. Um, yeah, it probably was. I think it was just fatality, but they because <laughs> they could get foresight. Which I think did something different around Reborn. I can't remember now. Mm-hmm. Um, they could get Overpower um, as well. I think from Marauder. Mm-hmm. So they had the AOE. Uh, they had Featherfoot, which I think lasted a bit longer too back then. Yeah. So they had some uh, Dodge. They're I guess they were kind of like the Dodge. They could be the Dodge tank. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. And and if you remember too, like if you ever got into um, like especially lower level dungeons with like newbie tanks. Sometimes the mank, the the, the mank, <laughs> the mank, a monk tank, dude, the mank. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, the monk would just tank the dungeon because yeah, they 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 can keep up the aggro, and they can also just live too because yes. they they have um yeah. oh yeah that that fist of earth as well um and that was just a thing that yeah. people just did that it was bonkers the, they it, they couldn't wear tank gear but they would meld. Uh, they would meld, wouldn't they? I think they had optimal melds for for monk. Yeah. So there were like there were dedicated <laughs> monk tanks, and you could like check them and see that they were. You could tell they're like, oh, that's a monk tank. They have vit melded to like all of their gear. But the the thing is, I don't even think it was like particularly optimal back in the day. No. Like you would you'd be no. better off just having it. You were mostly just doing it for the for the joke. Like for, mm-hmm. for the gaff of like, well, I don't know. I don't know if it was necessarily a joke. Though. I feel like some people were like, "I will make this game 11. I will. Well, I will. I will fit this round key into this square hole." Well, you remember a lot of the people that played around Reborn initially were 11 players. So exactly, yeah, they were. They went they in with that mentality. Prepared for the change. No, yeah. no. And Reborn did have a lot more of that. It was the Wild West. Originally, yeah. in Realm Reborn, so the, the jankier kind of cross weird cross classing stuff you could do, where you could kind of I like cross classing. 
Yeah. I wish it still kind of existed. Yeah. I hated cross class. I hated grinding for blood for blood, and I hated having to worry about blood for blood windows. <laughs> so stupid. I liked, yeah. I liked being a full dot mage roller. Yeah. Uh, any input on this, Myla? I feel like you've been um, silent. As an MMO connoisseur, <laughs> um, there we go. I I don't think the simplification of fourteen is what made it flourish. Mm, okay. I think for long term players, it may even be a detriment because a lot of the classes are, are homogenizing to some degree, mm -hmm. uh, and people liked their old identities. I think mm -hmm. for new players, it probably doesn't matter as much. Right. Um, <clears throat> I think the main reason fourteen succeeded is partly on the brand mm, a lot on the fact that it's still a sub-based mmo which people equate to quality content updates mm -hmm. uh, and a lack of pay to win yeah and just the death of most other mmos mm. and it's mm -hmm. difficult to decide on on where you like for example in rift they had this weird system where you could pick three classes and build your own class around it, which was quite complex. And it was cool, but it didn't quite work. Whereas with WoW, because you have a main character, you can have some classes where they can play the whole Trinity or somewhere it's like tank and DPS or healer and DPS. Mm -hmm. Whereas with this, because it's the one character every class system, I think they don't quite care as much about where they... Paladin feels unique to Warrior and Gunbreaker and Dark Knight, and it's more just about the roles, I think. So it's it's hard to say. I think, yeah. I mean, I can see. It. Well, first of all, brand. I will say, one point tried to save itself by using the brand, it damaged it instead. But... Well, true. <laughs> but the resurrection. The I yeah. think once people saw the resurrection story, like two point was good, but it, 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 people fell off reasonably quick. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like overwhelmingly popular. It's just, it, it was not. That is, that's an interesting point because I see that a lot. A lot of people are saying that A Realm Reborn was a resounding success. It was a success for what it was, which was yeah. a reboot yeah. of an MMO. Mm. Uh, it wasn't yeah, until a lot of like Shadowbringers. willing to put the time in. Yeah, Shadowbringers was, and yeah. that's several, several years. Yeah. I still well, feel like around 14 was still pretty niche. Uh, yes. Until like Heavenward, I would say. I re um, remember yeah. we would we would talk about um, like WoW as like this way distant competitor. Like we are yeah. way below WoW. Like Yeah, and we were. Yeah, we were. Yeah. Mm. And things have evened yeah. out. Yes. Even when the heavens would hit, it was still like it was better received and like it was critically acclaimed, but it was still a bit more niche. I would say it wasn't until Stormblood that it really, like, ironically, considering its status within mm. the community, that yes. was when it really like picked up steam in like the gaming zeitgeist. Yeah. Yeah. And I always found that strange because I always thought, what, like, what you just said, like, why are people really interested in the game now that it's had its not as great expansions as well, earlier that, i think a lot of it was because that's when they started doing pr a lot more remember well, they had the blood yeah. buses and mm, shit like they mm. had like this weird, <laughs> yeah. weird campaigns everywhere oh yeah yeah they had um i remember being so weirded out by the uh, stormblood promotional stuff because there was the hardy's cup oh like, yeah hardy's had the xenos <laughs> cup and i was yes. like 
Hardy, the, the fast food place. Yeah. And Stormblood was when they had the Domino's um, collaboration here, where if you got like this fifty dollar deal with Domino's, that you'd get two like like a Moogle themed pizza, a Chocobo themed pizza, and then a copy of Stormblood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I... Is it really just money that's made this game succeed? It's just the marketing <laughs> team. Hey man, you gotta spend money. Well, I, I will say there there is one there is one thing that sort of if this was if that was all it was, then fourteen would have seen a significant drop in player base between patches, which we are not seeing. That is true. We are seeing actually Maybe them word going of up. Mouth. Well, and something's the, keeping players. Like, yeah, go on. Gary. Would you make the argument that like the like the higher ups at Square Enix, whether it's Yoshi P or higher ups in the fourteen team or the company itself? Like saw the retention that was existing within Realm Born, and then even more was Heavensward, and then then they decided, yeah, I think we can market this. I think we can push this further. Mm, possibly. Yeah, wasn't there a thing where they they were <clears> going <throat> into Heavensward like it would be there at the last, last special storm? Yes. Yeah, something like that. Yes. So they, they weren't they weren't yeah, confident. That's, a, again. that's that's something you're looking for, isn't it? Like yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's. It, I mean, it, it's in Fallen Rise, the, mm. uh, the the Patreon episode. It is in there, but the um, yeah, that's true. The, because, worry, you've still got like you still got like a couple of months before the public release. Yeah. Maybe you'll find it by then. <laughs> I'm looking for a specific quote. Is what he's talking about. It's the, the episode is finished, but if I can find that quote, I'll add something to the episode. But um, we do know that when they made Heavensward, looking at what they had, they were like, well, it, it's a player base. Um, they're sort of living off the the um, euphoria from like having recovered from a dramatic shutdown. Will Very that last? Yeah. Will that carry over into a new expansion? Mm. And that's sort of the make or break for a for a video game. And they did survive. Heaven's World was a yeah. success, but not mm. in terms of like I don't think in terms of player numbers. I don't think Heaven's World were specifically no. massive. Um, but it kept, it retained a lot more of its the player base. They continued playing through Heavensward. And I believe there yeah. was growth. There was growth plus mm. retention. So, but, Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't think they would have made Stormblood if there was, was no right. growth. Of course. I think they designed Heavensward <clears throat> very much like um, if, if, there's, if there's not growth, we want it to be final enough that like we've put a, a nice bow on this. Yeah relatively rocky period of the final fantasy fr franchise rather than whatever it would have ended up with if we stopped with 1.0 yes it probably yeah. would have ended in the patches somehow I'm, I'm yeah sure. mm -hmm. yeah um but mail also mentioned something that i guess we didn't talk much about and that is something i agree with is the what they're doing with the jobs how the changes to job identity in 14 is kind of quite dramatic compared like looking at launch jobs and now looking at them now like there's not much identity left they're sort of watered out and that's something i wish didn't happen that is like yeah. i understand that they did it for simplicity's sake but the fact that they even removed like scholars leeches which was just their version of asuna it's yeah. just so pointless like why did they do that it's the same skill just flavored like f scholar flavored um yeah. it, I guess they did that. It's weird. Did... Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say it's weird because we still have like flavored reses. Yes, that's mm. true. That's odd. Well, 
Um, I was going to say about some of the job simplification stuff, because, um, and I, this might be contentious. Mm -hmm. uh, some people don't like this game a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, and I don't particularly like it a lot. But uh, with Skyrim, <laughs> oh god, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. um, I think a big thing <clears throat> for MMOs in general, uh, when it comes to things like specs, stat uh, allotments, um, or allocations, all that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It's cool. Like it, it can it can be fun to really flush out your character and build it into a way you know mm -hmm. if you know what you're doing. Yeah. I think it is such a miserable experience if you don't know what you're doing. Like, uh, I <laughs> like it, you know, in 14, you know, you can pick your job and then you can switch it at level 15. That's fine. Mm. If, if you had to commit to it more, though, or if there was some kind of get to pick a spec earlier on or something, or even when we had the stats, I it means easy to change, but you still have to find out how to change it. And yeah, it's kind of still like an upfront choice you're making, and you don't know why you're making this choice, really. Like, you can mouse over like mind or vitality and it tells you what it does but you don't know what that means in terms of like how that really affects the game you're playing and i compared to like skyrim and oblivion or morwin or whatever you know you know you have to make your character literally pick the essentially the um uh the class type and archetype you are at the very start mm-hmm but you don't even know what the game is like. Right. Or, or like, yeah. like, I want to be a sneaky <laughs> person and lock pick lots and use bows and arrows. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that works every time in those games. Yeah. But like, if you didn't know that and you're like, actually, there's not that many locks to pick in this game. Right. So like, that's not really something worth investing. In. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Or, and uh, with, you know, with Skyrim having the, you know, you just, you use it and then you level it up, which is, I guess kind of clever. Not, it's a little shallow, but it's. I think it's kind of a, a step in the right direction. Uh -huh. but, <laughs> Starting with the Skyrim I, discussion, yeah. I listen. Mm -hmm. We got. We got to. We got to talk about Skyrim, all right? Uh -huh. it's, Skyrim is not for really? the dwarves. The dwarves need to are need to take over. Get the, the fuck dwarves out. Are dead. They've the, been extinct. They're, they're extinct. extinct. You need to get the the mm. Dwemer. All right, listen. Yeah. This is the Dwemer have been extinct for years. Yeah. That's the whole point. We don't. We that's don't. That's the lore of the game. What about ah. the cave elf people? The cave elf. Okay, that's, that's a post-show discussion. Falmer? All right, let's not get into Skyrim lore. Uh, there was we're... one remaining Falmer. <laughs> Anyways, I'm, uh, I, I'm just saying. What that... you're going through, Rollo, there is a big conflict between role play and a sort of meta gaming. Mm -hmm. Like, it. All you need is a fleshed-out tutorial on what you're. Or, or like indication of what your choices will mean and a simple ability to respec and then you should be fine mm -hmm. but i don't think stats in 14 ever did anything anyway right. but i would like they, job they identity changes like we're never going to get specs are we no but no. they can um, still flesh out like when Gyogi said about the you know when you, we used to level up a second job to 15 to unlock a class the job that was a nice little bit of you know flavor to the job yeah yeah Everyone, talking about specs makes me think of something that i've always not always wanted but i've i've on and off thought across the last couple of years is the idea of like jobs splitting in two directions once they hit a certain point um where like maybe one job keeps 
the identity that it has as it is right now, and then another one would go in a slightly different direction, like scholar would split into would one you could say as scholar, or you could become an academician, or um, black mage would stay as a black mage, or become a sorcerer. But um, I don't think this game is ever going to do that. No, he said no. it's it, definitely. Not I like that because that's kind of what Guild Wars Two has done to keep itself fresh. Instead of having a new class every expansion, each <clears throat> current class has a new mm. spec. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like what this would do would be like instead of playing like a rotation roulette with black mage every time you go into the 50, 60, 70, 80 roulette, like maybe black mage would ke- have kept or kept improving upon like the 60 or 70 rotation and then sorcerer would have taken the direction of whatever it is currently going in right now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Could work. That would be interesting. I don't know where we are right now in the disc- like <laughs> <laughs> in relation to the Mogmail. Uh, I think we need to to wrap. Basically, here. I think as my conclusion, um, Skyrim is not for the Nords. Skyrim is for the Imperials. Okay. On that note, thank you, Tristan Lightwell. Hope you got something out of that answer. Um, we need to move on uh, to our main story. Uh, but thank you for sending in Mogmail. Send in more at Speakers XIV dot com slash mogmail hopefully the website feels faster now um okay <sighs> fox clown he mm. is uh, yeah love him the man the myth the legend yeah he is a big part of uh the face of the community i mean he is the um He's the community manager. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, uh, Toshio um This is an eleven interview, like I've said before, (laughs) but you know, it's eleven is very closely tied to fourteen, and also it's Fox Clan. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, All right, let's jump into it. Um, This uh, interview was done by fourteen. Sorry, by Square Enix. So this is an yeah. in-house interview. We are Vanadil thing. Yes, this one is specifically called "We Grew Vanadil." This is a new, like I don't know, subtitle. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. You used to work on the <clears throat> Japanese GM team for Ultima Online. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a little blurb here about with his background, so I'll just read that. Uh, General manager of Square Enix's community and service division and global community producer for Final Fantasy XIV. He initially transferred to Square, now Square Enix, from the Japanese GM team for Ultima Online, along with former Final Fantasy XI global online producer who. Sage Sage Sundi. Sundi. (laughs) No, it's a Japanese person. I wasn't sure he was Japanese or not. Together, (laughs) they established uh, an online game management team for Eleven from the ground up, following his roles in Eleven as European online producer and global community producer. Mr. Marucci now oversees Squinix's customer service as general manager of the community and service division. So, quite a lot. Uh... (laughs) Isn't it the, surely the most standout bizarre thing there is that Ultima Online was popular in Japan? I find that yeah. so interesting. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> always talks about how he was I a know, massive Ultima Online player. Yeah, but it feels like he was one of the few. Like he just, I'm he sure. was but he keeps playing Western Club. RPGs. It keeps popping up in interviews with other yeah, de- weird, members of it? the dev team as yeah. well. Yeah. I feel as if Foxconn, Yoshi P, and the many other dev team members that have apparently had a background in Ultra Online have massive nerdy discussions about what yeah. it was like back in 
the late 90s. Yes. The good no. old days. Yes. They'd be having their niches out there, you know, the little PC gaming clubs. Yeah, it, crazy. That's true. I mean, it does say here that Ultima Online is an MMORPG released in 97, widely considered to be a pioneer of the genre. So, I mean, it's an important game for the genre, yeah. Um, okay, let's jump into it. Becoming a GM to be more involved with Ultima Online. I'd like to begin by asking about your history prior to joining Eleven. What was your first experience with online games? Moruchi says, I'm going to say Foxclon. It, I think the first online game I ever played was some Dreamcast title, but I only dabbled in it a little. Like many others, the game that really had my attention was Diablo. It was, I was, it was in the Diablo community that I heard about an upcoming game called Ultima Online, and that's how I got into that game. That's interesting. That's kind of similar to Yoshi P. Yoshi P was also big into Diablo. This is the, uh, you know when you uh, um, <clears throat> school? Yeah. And they, you do the careers pass day. Like, well, if you want to go into game development, you've got to start with Diablo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ultima Online will come yeah. second. Yeah, man. Could you imagine being late nineties, being like in a fucking on a on a BBS board or a um <laughs> be so an, good. An, an IRC chat? Be like, Yo, check out check out the, 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 this link to this new article about this new game coming out. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Twenty <laughs> minutes loading the website, <laughs> <laughs> and you won't be clicking it. You'll be copy and pasting it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no hyperlinks there. Manually. No. <laughs> times. Uh, how old were you when you started playing Ultima Online? Uh, he says, I was in university, so I was around 20 years old. Oh, my Lord. What were your impressions of Ultima Online? When I started playing, I found myself standing in the middle of nowhere, uh, a bit far from... <laughs> okay, if you haven't played uh, Ultima Online, this is going to sound very strange, but I'll, I'll read what it says. I found myself standing in the middle of nowhere, a bit far from Britain, and thought, mm -hmm. well, what am I supposed to do now? Although that feeling of being thrust into the world is one of the nice things about Ultima Online, I remember it being very confusing a very confusing first experience for me. As I aimlessly wandered around, I eventually came across a bird and tried punching it, only to have it easily take me out. <laughs> he's he's rolling. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, out here yeah, punching Ollie. birds. Fight every creature you see. Yeah. That's how my Ultima Online experience began. See, this is why I could never play this kind of game back in the day. No, I'd be overwhelmed with yeah. the lack of direction. Oh, There's a I... really cool thing in in I think I can't remember if it was like the the beta testing or something, but Lord British, who was the GM, who I guess mm. ruled Britannia, yeah, was set on fire and assassinated by a random player while he was giving a speech. It's like infamous, <laughs> so cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. These sort of stories are great. Yeah, Lord British real name. Mm, he's oh, what was he called Robert he's oh, Ro so Richard Garriott yeah. it's Richard Garriott yeah. the ultimate Richard Garriott that's his yes. fucking name there we go. Yeah. He's a loser. yeah Britain there Britain is the capital of Britannia in Ultima mm -hmm. Online um, being left in the middle of some large area sounds quite similar to Final Fantasy 11 says the interviewer and laughs and that's very true um, Foxclon says, but it was a, on a whole different level with Ultima Online. It's much less player-friendly than modern games. Like, oh, so are you no. saying Eleven's a modern game? <laughs> <laughs> um, somehow, I eventually managed to reach the city. And when I arrived at the main bank of Britain, <laughs> as it was called at the time, I was uh, wowed. Called it back in the day. <laughs> I was wowed. 
<laughs> I was wowed to see other players' conversations flooding in. In Diablo, you could enter a lobby or create one yourself and have others join you, so you always knew who'd be accompanying you on an upcoming adventure. But in Ultima Online, I'd be walking around the vast world and strangers would be walking towards you from the other side. I was moved by that aspect of the game. Terrifying. Yeah, it's so true. The Bank mm. of Britain, as was the style at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like... Uh, there's always a slight part of me that wishes I was born like a decade earlier. Just <laughs> you fucking don't I know. do it, Mela. Mela is I'm really you, going. But you Mela, know, you... you know, Mela has this nostalgia for like the good old days. Yeah. Imagine being around though when this, because before this, it just there was no online gaming really. There was just some <clears> small <throat> pockets. It wasn't a thing. How horrible to have seen. Oh, it would have been so cool. <laughs> like just. But why? What would be cool about it? Because you don't know it, it at the time. It should have been gone from just playing games offline to suddenly being able to play this game with people all over the world. And yeah, it I would, would immediately cool. come back to being it, younger again, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like it, it'd be cool to be like, oh, this is how it started. Like, mm, this decade fucking sucks. Yeah. I hate the 80s and 90s. Get me yeah. out of here. Oh, there, is okay. not, there is no like convenient technology. It's all just bad. Like you have to, also you have to like dial up to play the game. Yeah. <laughs> Which is horrible. I mean, no one will be phoning me this evening. That technology. I'm too busy playing. That technology. I mean, it's still in 14. I mean, I, I never think about it, but it's I like kind of crazy that we're playing with, like, when there's a person running around in limbs, that's a real person, unless it's a guild seller, yeah. but they don't really But a lot move. of that, I mean, that feeling would have been amplified a thousandfold in those days. Because it would have I, been such a novel yeah, idea. It's like a blow yeah, yeah, I can, yeah. Um, but you I'm can not saying I want to have, I actually... Want to go back because the be game itself is not that good. I just experiencing that would be impressive. Yes, yes. Um, okay, so uh, ah, so the feeling that there are other people living in the same virtual world as you says the interviewer. Oh, this obviously has been done in Japanese, so they have these annoying, pointless uh, interjections in between. <clears throat> Foxland says that's right. I felt that I was part of the world, which got me more and more immersed into the game. Perhaps I always had this inclination, but I started to want to work on the game from behind the scenes. Then one day, I heard about a volunteer program where players could act as counselors and help other players in need, which sounded like fun, so I gave it a try. As I went on as a player helping my fellow players, my desire to become more involved in Ultima Online grew stronger. It was around then that I saw a recruitment ad for a part-time GM position for Ultima Online. Part-time GM in, like, the 90s. Yeah. He must have been paid penny. Yeah, no. Yeah. Like... <laughs> what was that, like, right after the, the Japanese bubble uh, or uh, economic crash? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. He was probably living in a shoebox. Yeah. <laughs> what was the lost... They call it the lost decade, but it probably ended up, it ended up being more of like two decades that were lost in Japan. So Hell yeah. yeah, yeah, perfect time to make money. <laughs> yeah, time to become a part-time GM. Impressive. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Ultima Online. But he had a good career in the end, so it's fine. Yes, true. Mm -hmm. uh, Ultima Online was originally released in North America, but I assume you were recruited in Japan. Foxconn says, "Yes, that's right." 
Ultima Online originally... Imagine if you said, no, that's wrong. <laughs> that is incorrect. Uh, Ultima Online originally False. launched... <laughs> Didn't happen. Um, uh, Ultima <laughs> Online originally launched in 1997, and when it was later released in Japan, Electronic Arts Square was recruiting Ew. for part-time positions, uh. and one of those was for a GM position. Now, we need some explanation for that mouthful. Electronics, uh, sorry, Electronic Arts Square was a joint venture company between Square and Electronic Arts. The company marketed games developed by Electronic Arts in Japan from 1998 until it does until its dissolvement in 2003. Didn't last very long. So Square has had um, relations with EA. That's I hate that. That's like a they, weren't they there? They published Square their games in North America, right? Did they? They published Square Enix games Square. in North America. No, I think they just Square games. Oh, Square yeah. games. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, Soft. Thank you. No, they would have been Square. They became Square Soft. Oh, oh no. No, they were Square Soft originally. It was Square Soft and Enix. Those were the two yeah. companies. Yes, but they say specifically Square here. Was there a square at some point as well? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was. Right? I think it's just uh, short for square. Square, and soft. then it became square soft. I think it's just short for square soft because okay, Human yeah. Hearts One says square soft in it. It sure does. Yes, that was two, and that was two. Uh, square soft is its American brand name. Oh, is square the just the Japanese? Yeah. Yeah. Square there we go. I knew Limited. that there was a square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was it like to get a glimpse of the GM world? Foxconn says it was just pure fun. GMs in Japan didn't have a 24-hour support back then and were only active at night. So for a long time, I worked the night shift from around 9 p.m. until morning. But even looking back on it now, I really enjoyed it and it almost didn't feel like work. <clears throat> Good on you. It does sound fun. To be fair, in a way it does because you probably get to just play your game as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it fun to intervene as a GM in a world where players live as avatars? Foxconn says, I'd say so. I think I enjoyed the feeling of uh, playing a role. Sometimes I'd act as a police officer, while other times I just gave directions to people in need. And I just really enjoyed that. What were your G... Yeah? Can't believe he's a cop. Cop confirmed. That's what GMs are, yeah, That yeah. is what they are. I can't believe it. <laughs> uh, what were your GM duties like back in the early days when MMORPGs were still new? Foxconn says GMs are basically a customer service role. So whenever there was an issue that players couldn't handle on their own, it was our job to show up and talk it out with the players to solve the problem. Aside from that, we also had the special task of setting up in-game events for our players. The game client for GMs was very well organized, allowing us to do things like change the colors of monsters or adjust their HP and MP values. We were also able to combine the AI for dragon enemies with the character model for birds to create a bird that attacked players with their fiery breath. That sounds so cool. Yeah. I kind of See, miss... MMOs are too big these days to have that. That's right. I was thinking mm. about like the last sort of time I've seen that was like 1.0 because it was still so such a small game. Mm -hmm. the... Remember that the, the Raven, the journalist for the Raven? Exactly, yeah. Was like, or was yeah. it the Mithril Eye? That was a GM. That was a GM. That was a real mm. person role-playing as a character in the game. And that was the game. So that... cool. Yeah. We don't really see that nowadays. I, I, because we're too big. There's too many separate servers. Like, there's all this. It'd be unfair in a way to have it happen on just one. Yeah, exactly. I don't, 
Hunts give the illusion of that's what of that being what GMs are doing, but no, that would be that's entirely procedurally generated as to when they spawn and how they spawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish that there was a bit more personality to them, but unfortunately, they can't afford to do that anymore. There's just too no. much. Yeah. Um, what were your sorry? Uh, it's amazing that you had uh, that much freedom. By the way, I've heard a rumor that you once got in trouble for playing around too much with the GM commands. <laughs> Me. Uh, Foxland says, I didn't actually partake in that myself, but when we held an event on the Japanese servers, the Japanese operations team took the liberty of making a uniquely colored variant of a weapon and awarded it to a player. Oh, Ooh, he laughs wryly at that, that memory. That's <laughs> yeah. The uh, item's probably worth a thousand dollars now, a minimum. Yeah. I'm surprised they were capable of such a thing. Um... Foxlon says, the US headquarters contacted us saying, why on earth are you making and distributing a one-of-a-kind item without our <laughs> approval? <laughs> they were absolutely oh, no. right, and we got in trouble for that. The weapon itself was very cool, though, <laughs> and even then, <laughs> we, were, we weren't told to confiscate the item from the recipient player. So in that sense, our headquarters was quite generous, too. So they got to keep it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Right. I wonder if there's an article on that. Yeah. Um, with that much power, the GMs for Ultima Online almost sounds like dungeon masters in uh, tabletop RPGs. Did you have to go through any kind of training to become a GM by any chance? Do I need to explain what a tabletop... I'll, I'll just read all the explanations. Oh, yeah, it's like D&D, but uh, it, tabletop role-playing games are role-playing games that progress based on a rulebook and spoken events. In Japan, these are often referred to as table-talk role-playing games instead. Interesting. Oh, cute. Yeah. Uh, Foxclown says, there wasn't really anything like a training course, but we had a good manual. Um, was it an English manual that had been translated into Japanese? Foxclown says, yes, it was a Japanese translation that we shared with the team. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, when I became the first counselor of the Japanese servers, Sage Sun- Sundi had become one of the original GMs for Ultima Online. When the Japanese GM team was formed, Mr. Sundi was already employed at Electronic Arts Square as the lead GM. Was that your first time meeting Mr. Sundi? Uh, Foxclan says, I don't remember the details, but I think we first met online in the capacity of GM and counselor. At the very least, I knew of him as a well-known GM, but we didn't start working together until I became a GM. Mm -hmm. And then you moved to the 11 team together with Mr. Sundi. Foxclan says, we had GMs. There's no personality to GMs anymore. They can't afford to. (laughs) No. They, they 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 can be a little quirky sometimes if you talk to them. Yeah, um, but they but can you... be. But there's no, there's like there's no community personalities. Like oh. No one knows. Oh, yeah. I think mostly the GMs are invisible, aren't they? You don't really see them mm-hmm. much either. So it's, I mean, in older games, the GMs would like we said would just walk around, so you would see them. But here, there's just in fourteen, you don't really see them until you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can see when it's already over. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so yes, and then you move to the eleven team together with Mister Sundi. Uh, Foxclan says it's often assumed that our entire GM team transferred over to eleven, but that actually wasn't the case. When Square was going to launch Final Fantasy eleven, they lacked the know-how for providing online services, so they turned to their joint venture company, Electronic Arts Square, for help. 
Since both companies were situated near each other in Meguro, Japan at the time, staff members from Square visited us several times to see how we operated and provided support for Ultima Online. As time went on, uh, it was decided that Mr. Sundi would be transferring to Square. When he asked me and another staff member, can you come with me, I answered, I'll go. Some of the other members later joined us within a year, but it was only the three of us who transferred first. Uh, did that take place before 11 launched? Foxclan says, I joined Square in December 2001, so it was around, around right before the beta test. Uh, <clears throat> God. year to join. Yeah, beta test of 11, Jesus. Uh, then I'm guessing you weren't involved in the beta test. Foxclan says, there was a few times during the beta where I tested GM features or stood around in cities to show that GMs were present, but I wasn't at all that involved in operations during the beta test. Assuming the beta test was your first time seeing Eleven's gameplay, what were your impressions at the time? Foxclan says, this is incredible. <laughs> all I had to say was, wow, the graphics are amazing. Wow. <laughs> it's never so gets better than 2001. this. Yeah. Eek. It's often difficult to make MMORPGs graphically rich due to their specifications, but Eleven's graphics were on par with those of offline games. There, were, mm. there was also the fact that the game ran on the PlayStation 2, which had me really surprised. I was also impressed by the overwhelming lack of bugs. Yeah, it's it's mm. it's like um, Eleven really was a, a graphical marvel when it came out because MMOs at the yeah. time were <laughs> low. They didn't look good. You could tell when you looked at an MMO that that was an MMO because of the limitations. You know, it had to show multiple characters on screen. Computers back in, like, 1998 were not able to show fully detailed characters on screen, uh, like, more than, like, one or two at a time. So they had to, like, make them very... Um... I mean, look at RuneScape. Uh, that's all I'll say. Look mm -hmm. look up RuneScape, and, and you'll see. Not, not only were there many <clears throat> independent... <laughs> many independent, like, high-quality models, you also have to account for the fact that these are independently controlled by different people. Yes, wearing different so kinds of gear as well. They can move in unexpected ways. Yes. And also, look at... Look, I'm talking about classic RuneScape, obviously. The, look at, like, if you look at Eleven's gear, I mean, obviously, it's kind of low-res, but they've done something about the shading on it that makes it look really nice and crisp. Which yeah, is like yeah. an Eleven thing that I... It's very iconic for Eleven. Um, and Eleven yeah. looks nice. For its age, it looks really good. Like For the time period, yeah. it looks yeah. good. Yes. I'm not... I'm not going to go as far as some people in chat. But it looks nice. Yes, it does look nice. Um, and considering he was impressed by the overwhelming lack of bugs in Eleven, I wonder how he felt when 14 launched. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, wait, I gotta say, though, Eleven... Eleven does fake you out with that character creation, like that. that oh, is it does. The, yeah, that's and a lie. they're like, oh, this high quality model. Look at this Mithraman. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is not and what you, you get. Go it, I'll watch like, it every yeah. New Year's. Every year. I don't know why they. I don't know why they do that because they could have just been honest. It's Eleven's character creator is really stupid. I'll say that <laughs> because they play like this, like cut scene of your character, like running or frolicking, you know, just being a uh, jolly. Uh, but that's not a player model. That is specifically 
a character creator model that is higher res. When you get into the game, it's a completely different model. They, Way they, lower. does not look like that Bro, in game. No. no. They, they, I... they look like... Um, they look like characters, like the, the, the high quality ones, like characters from old graphics cards, you know? That yes. Really yeah. 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 Yes. Like you're, yeah. You're, this is your GT 750 Ti. <laughs> it's like some fucking I mean, random robot. Like, yes. Like yes. You could make the argument that it's going for the aesthetic of like an opening movie. Like, yeah. And that's why it's high quality. Yeah. Uh, and being like, this is what your character actually looks like. Sorry, <laughs> but we can't show it when you start the game. But here it is. You can look at him yeah. now. Um, yeah. Um, okay. A policy of protecting beginners. I imagine a GM policy for Eleven was created alongside the game's official release. Was the policy basically the same? The sorry, the same one you had for Ultima Online with unique additions made for Eleven. Fluxon says, I'd say many of our policies weren't really unique to Eleven since many GM policies are just a code of conduct. But if I were to point out a difference, it'd be that Ultima Online basically had a hands-off approach, almost as if to say, you can do anything you want, but it's all your responsibility. A base, as a basic example, if I were to say to someone, hey, I'll pay you if you give me that item, then ran off without paying, when they handed it over, I wouldn't get in trouble. And that was because Ultima Online's standard protocol would have been like, it's your responsibility, since you chose to believe what the other person said and handed over the item. Mm -hmm. Don't get scammed. I right. Mean, <laughs> consider, the, consider like Ultima Online to be like uh, the world as it was in the 1400s. Yeah. And, <laughs> yes. then once, and then 11 was the world once... You got to like maybe the late 1600s or 1700s yeah. when they yeah. were released to ensure fair trade. Yes. There's a constable you can yeah. go talk to. Yes. He might do something. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's definitely how Ultima Online seemed at the time. Foxconn says, over the years, however, we started to see an issue where beginners became easy targets for those kinds of scams. Even though the premise was anything goes, a consensus was starting to form about where we ought to draw the line, and the mindset of take care of the beginners started to take over, which is when Final Fantasy XI launched. So with XI, instead of saying everything is your responsibility, we discussed where we draw the line in terms of what players couldn't defend themselves from, and as a result, XI was more protective of beginners than the rules of Ultima Online in the early days. Mm -hmm. I think that's 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 good. That's good. I, I mean, nothing turns a player off more than entering a game and then immediately getting scammed and then be like, yeah, yeah, okay, well, there's no help. I can't go to anyone. They're like, okay, well, you did that, so you're fucked. I'd never play again. I'll be like, oh, bye. My, my party hat. Give that back. Oh. <laughs> yes. I'll gild your armor. <laughs> Oh, that's a classic. Um, I see. Perhaps Final Fantasy XI was launched at just the right time. Foxclan says, uh, At the time, the internet was rife with all kinds of stories regarding GMs in EverQuest, who supposedly spoke candidly when mediating arguments, revived everyone, or gave away money. We didn't take that approach in XI. Instead, we opted to minimalize a preferential treatment and have every GM address the same issue in the same consistent manner as much as possible. As an example, let's say the owner of a candy store generously included a few extra sweets in someone's purchase. 
especially in Japan, even a heartwarming act like that can be taken out of context and spread yeah. on the internet. And other people would be indignant about how unfair it is and demand mm. the same treatment. Hunt the witch who gave the child <coughs> extra candy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In this way, Rollo, Japan's full of narcs. Like, if, <laughs> like if you went to like, if you were at like a restaurant in America, and then the server gave you some extra like I don't know, like extra uh, fries or extra sauce, you don't tell anyone that shit. That's between right. you and the server. <laughs> yes. Not so in Japan. I can't I believe that. <clears throat> Yeah, like come on, like that. He was being nice to me. He said I was handsome. Yeah, I did love those fries. <laughs> okay, so uh, therefore, we chose to go with uniformity in our approach. In hindsight, the pol uh, the policies we ended up with may feel uh, uh, unsympathetic in some areas, but it's because we were consciously prioritizing consistency at the time. Oh my God, there's a cat hair on this mic, and it's driving me nuts. Mm. Eat it. Oh, and it's like going into my nose. Um, does that mean you had a manual detailing... Sorry, what? Oh, sorry. Does that mean you had a manual detailing the code of conduct? Foxclown says, our manual didn't go into that much detail. It's more things like, you must not create items for players, or you mustn't say, I don't know, if you don't know you something. Must say, sorry, must say. You, mu you mustn't. You mustn't say. Sorry, you, you must. always lie to the players. You must <laughs> say, I don't know, if you don't know something, and so on. So, to a certain extent, the other details were left to the discretion of individual GMs. That's right. Speaking of GMs, I'm sure many 11 players remember the line, Do you know why you were brought here? <laughs> <laughs> this is a line popularized in the Japanese community through a screenshot taken by a player when a GM transferred them to the Mordian Jail, an isolated area where GMs talk to players. You always say no. Yeah. If if, yeah. A, cop, if a cop asks you, mm -hmm. do you know why you've been pulled over? You always say no, because then that's an admission of guilt. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Talk to GMs like you would cops. Be yeah. like, Am I being detained? Yeah. Hmm? yeah. Where's your warrant? <laughs> I request oh, to speak to my lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in, actu <laughs> in actuality, the phrase is so rarely used that I wonder how many of our GMs today have ever said it. I think it's spread because it leaves quite an impression and can be quite humorous when taken out of context. All right. This is actually... Okay, we can we can do the second part. Then. There are two parts to this interview, and thankfully the second part is available to us. So we will jump into that wow. now. That was good. Yeah. Mysterious outsiders in Vanadil. GMs have what? quite the striking look with, <laughs> with their red armor and aura. Was their appearance... Is this when they open it up to foreigners? <laughs> the Westerners. Was their appearance decided before launch? Uh, they Fox... look like they're suffering from, like, um, <clears throat> berserk. Like, varying levels of... Yeah. Um, what's it called? What's the, what's the bar for warriors called? Oh, uh, uh, oh, God. B? B? Vengeance? Vengeance. Vengeance. Isn't it? Oh, my, your eyes Vengeance go red. is the name of the skill. Oh, and uh, uh, I haven't played Warrior in forever. Beast mode. Beast mode. Beast mode, right? Beast mode. Beast mode engage. Yeah. W sure. Whatever Winston's <laughs> ultimate is. Yes. <laughs> sure. Uh, Foxconn says Yes, the 11 development team kindly provided us with a full set of armor, which Mr. Sundi requested to be painted red. 
Uh, I believe the choice of color was based on the red robes that GMs wore in Ultima Online, and the idea was to give our GMs a uniform appearance that couldn't be replicated by players. Furthermore, we set them apart from normal characters by shunning their human-like qualities, since we considered them to be mysterious outsiders in Vanadil who only show up to help players in need. Thus, our ideas resulted in a full-face helm with concealed facial expressions, with the whole set dyed red as requested, as well as an ominous aura emanating from the character. We also had a rule in the beginning that all GM characters had to be Humes. Interesting that... like cryptids. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They always remind me of, like, <clears throat> zombies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the 14 ones, definitely. Yeah. They are... Oh, like the Wraith Lords or whatever they're called? Wraith? The, from Lord yeah. Wraith? The Ring Wraiths? Oh, yeah, the, the Ring Wraiths. Wraith. Yeah. Um, yeah, they look kind of silly in Eleven. Um, they wear, like... Um, it's like like in fourteen they're wearing gear that you can actually I think you can obtain the gear in fourteen. I mean, yeah, it's just the um, the red it's just a well, I think the color might be unique, but then they have that whole glow thing. But in eleven they have like a like a you should just look up the eleven. They look cool GM. in eleven. They look Is this what they look like? I think they look kinda silly, but Yeah. I think they look kind of cool. They <laughs> look like a fucking Dark Souls 2 character. Yeah. Specifically I mean, a Dark Souls 2 character. Yeah, I think the faceplate is kind of silly, but uh, it's fine. It's, um, yeah, that's the GMs. Um, I like that they sort of had, like, some sort of vague lore about the GMs as well. Like, they're outsiders. They're like the... the there's a strict dress... Well, there is a dress code for all GMs, technically, but... They, they sound like some sort of mythical creature that draws you into their their, their realm yeah. when you have sinned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, in eleven, they don't have like as in fourteen. They have we kind of have. I think we have that aura as well, but they also have this like red thing coming out of them. Uh, yeah. In eleven, mm -hmm. they only have the aura, so it just looks like pulsing That's cool. air. Yeah. Although it probably just looks like a bug. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of. If you don't understand what a GM is, that might be you might be like, oh, need to reinstall. Um, <laughs> just close the game. <laughs> just close immediately uninstall and wait like sixteen <laughs> hours to reinstall it. Um, all right. Uh, Let's see. Uh, when it comes to speaking with players, it seemed like there were some cases where GMs made themselves visible and others where they remained invisible during the conversation. Was there some kind of rule to determine whether a GM should show themselves or not? They really are cryptids. Yeah. Foxland <laughs> says, We refrained from showing ourselves as much as possible when it wasn't necessary. In other words, it was fine for us to make ourselves visible unless it wasn't allowed, but that would have drawn a lot of attention. It would have been a problem if it drew a crowd of players going, Hey, I've never seen a GM before. Cases that called for GMs to speak with players uh, often only involved one or two individuals, and any that could be resolved with one-on-one uh, -on -one conversations were often conducted via tell. If we really needed to speak with someone face-to-face, -face, we transferred them to the Mordian jail and had our conversation there. Um... Since GMs were a rare sight for players, they were the subject of many urban legends, like the one about a GM exactly. who was supposedly caught in a monster's area attack and KO'd. Oh, that's funny if true. Uh, Foxon says there <laughs> certainly were. For the most part, our characters couldn't interact with the rest of the world and weren't able to do much other than stand around ominously. Wow. So, Sounds yeah. fun. Yeah. 
For many players, Eleven was their first online game. Did you find them any different compared to Ultima Online players in that regard? Foxclown says, I never thought they were all that different, though it's worth mentioning that as a GM, I only ever interacted with people who needed help. Their reactions and feedback were pretty much the same from what I saw from players in Ultima Online. So the players in both games weren't all that different, at least in terms of those who needed in-game assistance. Foxclown says, yes, I'd say so. Back then, a PlayStation BB unit was required to play, and the majority of players were still unfamiliar with online games in general, so many of the inquiries we received were regarding the internet, accounts, and passwords. Most were predicaments like that, so in comparison, the in-game situation was relatively peaceful. It's fair, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Not like that anymore. No, I can't imagine the nightmare of setting up a PS2 with the internet. What was it like, Lakeel? Uh, I don't really remember much. I think I remember that it took forever to like start it up to like ha- get in. Um, it was you can imagine trying to enter like a password with a PlayStation 2 controller. Like it's 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 an interesting. It was an mm. interesting time. I don't remember the setup being so difficult, but then again. I got help from my parents, so you know. It was, I, I know it was pretty easy on the PS2 Slim because it was mm-hmm. just built into it, so you just connected it, and you're well, pretty much good to go after that. Yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I had time for when I played online games. I had a fatty, so I had to have it like the external Ooh. one. So it was crazy. Mm-hmm. PS2 fat. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Uh, plans for an official BBS in 2002. Could you tell us more about your specific duties when Final Fantasy XI originally launched? Foxclone says, When I joined, Square didn't have a customer service infrastructure for online games, so we started from establishing three shifts and a support policy in order to provide 24-hour customer support. Sometime, just before launch, we started thinking about what we should arrange for the player community. It might be harder for our younger audience audiences to imagine but back then we didn't have social media or aggregator websites that's true instead some people took it upon themselves to spread information on their personal home pages so they'd connect to the internet yeah and make their way around predetermined selection of websites that's the kind of era it was Uh, now uh, now that al- always-on connections are the norm, the phrase "connected to the internet" sounds a bit outdated, doesn't it? Laughs. Well, it not does. if you play a Pokemon game, because there you still have to do that. <laughs> you still Guys. have to connect to the internet. Um, Guys, if you need any FF11 tips, just come to my website, vanadealboy.tk. <laughs> um, I've TK. got all the best tips. Oh, I remember. I, f- I feel a sense of dread whenever I stumble upon a relic of, like, Web 1.0 from the early really? 2000s. How do you feel about Cerebi? About... That, that, that gives me that feeling, Rollo. Okay. Oh, oh, it's it. nice, isn't it, Rollo? Mm. That's, that's what Mela like, lives off of. It's, it's just nostalgia <laughs> trips like this. It's, <laughs> like, it's the equivalent of walking into, like, the... Like... The second-hand store that's existed on in your like town for like since the eighties, and it hasn't changed <laughs> since then. And I love everything it, it has that smell, mm. and everything is just like the the person at the counter is just 
a little bit off because they <laughs> they they wish thing they're like they wish things were the way they always were but they aren't things have moved on old man <laughs> yeah that's yeah. true yeah there's two types i mean there's i like because you're calling me old-fashioned to kill there are two types of websites i really like these really old ugly ones because it's nostalgic yeah and then really well-functioning html5 pages yeah you know, the ones where it's like really nice to use yeah I, but yeah. like it's like 14 it's like the lowstone nah I, they don't also do anything i'm me. no better than you mela i love going to old websites ah, and just looking at how horrible they are uh, yeah and just the memory of those horrible websites taking forever to load as well like just yeah there's nothing on them no there's nothing um okay the original lodestone stayed that way for so long yes yes the lodestone was released when the lodestone was released it was nostalgic do you know what i mean like because it was made it was already, in a, yeah it was already nostalgia yeah, it was already old <laughs> when they released it. yes yes um all right, indeed, it was an era where people had to proactively retrieve information for themselves. Foxconn says, with that in mind, we wondered how we might bring together all the people who were spreading Eleven-related information, and even thought of creating a collection of fan site links on our official website. Separately, since Final Fantasy XI was Square's first full-scale online service at the time, we received a, uh, an in-company request to document and organize a service policy that could be used in subsequent games and services. Also, when I was looking over the documents from back uh, then to prepare for this interview, I discovered that we had plans for an official BBS back in 2002. Now, children, that is a bulletin board system, uh, which is a computerized system, uh, which are computerized systems, which were often used to exchange messages and files on the Internet prior to the advent of social media. Remember to learn how to do BB code for your signature on all your Yeah, oh god, I remember. Jesus Christ, that was a whole thing. I had so many BB account. Uh, you're a little sicky, dude, come on. There are still some fucking, if you go to the game FAQ forums, they still get, they're a little bit visually updated, but they still give you that feeling if yeah. you want to go back to that era. Yeah. Feels good. <clears throat> the player community would have turned out quite differently if that had come to pass. Uh, why? Uh, okay. <laughs> Fox Sun says <laughs> there were also plans to have a BBS on Play Online viewer. Ew! But as we all know, that never saw the light of day. Talk more about the Play Online viewer, you coward. We didn't have anyone he doesn't know anything about. Talk that. about how he's shitty it is, Fox Clan. He's not a. He's not in the programming. No, team. I just want more people, just in general. Final product. We didn't, didn't have play anyone. Online have a triple triad mini game. It had no Mela. It had they fucking had Tetragram. Oh, Tetramaster. 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 Yeah. Tetragram is a shit. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Could have there, been so good. There were also plans to have a BBS. Sorry, I said that on Play Online. It never saw the light of day. We didn't have anyone who had experience in dealing with opinions oh, expressed. Imagine browsing a BBS and the Play Online viewer and you know, da, 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 the whole fucking time. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. That would have been pretty bad. But. Did it play the music once you'd made it in? Oh yes, it did. It it had a it had a different theme for when you were in the main viewer, like after you'd logged in. Oh yeah, don't worry. Play online had multiple songs. Oh yeah, they yeah. all sound the same. Yeah, they kind of do. Did it have multiple? Yeah, it did. Yeah. They are. I don't think I've we have had, remembered. We have had. I know there've been multiple of them have been queued during our weekly streams mailer, but you probably don't they notice the difference. The no. Yeah, they all sound the same. 
Oh, I can tell the difference. But there, yeah. Um, no, I know you can. <laughs> we didn't have anyone who had experience in dealing with opinions expressed in a public official forum. And on top of that, it required more than just the 11 team to determine our course of action if other numbered titles and IPs were to come up in discussions. These and other anticipated issues led us to refrain from going that far in an official capacity and decide against implementation. See... This is this makes so much sense because this this is probably why there was so um, why they they didn't want to implement forums for Final Fantasy fourteen as well. They mm. it's the same mindset there that they were they didn't like not having full control of the the discussion. Mm. Um, that may have been the right decision at the time. Uh, and he doesn't he doesn't follow up on that. I don't know if that is the right decision. I think Eleven would have prospered more if it had a central place to talk. Because what happened with Eleven and what was happening with 1.0 back uh, when they didn't have forums is that you had to go to other unofficial sources. So they were like big unofficial websites that you had to sign up to where, you know, rules were different and maybe not so strict. Uh, there were a lot of shady forums for Eleven uh, in the early days. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, I don't mean to keep on going on about abandoned projects, but back in 2002, there was talk of creating a space where players could write journal entries and spread information. It was envisioned to be like a rental space for individual players where they could publish something like a blog. That idea was also in discussion, but they were restricted by having to do everything on Play Online. <laughs> and other limitations, which proved too difficult and didn't come to fruition. It almost sounds like Play Online was a mistake. Hmm. Mm. Who would have thought? Right. Um, it's interesting because they want this is what they're essentially saying here is what the lodestone became. So someone dug these ideas back up for 14 and sort of compiled it together. It seems to be like we need a we need a hub where you can do all that because now you can post a blog and I mean I feel like the blog feature was bigger in 1.0 than it is now. I feel like I haven't visited a blog in, in a Realm Reborn on the loads on the a Realm Reborn lodestone ever probably mm -hmm. but in 1.0 that was pretty like that was legit i mean i've always talked about how my first fc was from my friend finding a either a blog post or something on the lodestone and contacting them so yeah it did it was it served its purpose at least in 2013 yeah um okay um so um the plan was realized oh well i if I just read one line further, I would have seen a plan. That plan was realized about ten years later with a lodestone, the official player side for Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, that's uh, the interviewer saying that. Uh, Foxconn says that's right. As such, I'd say that in many ways, Play Online was thinking very far ahead. Stop! Stop! That in was some ways. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, very far ahead. But the, what they were trying to do with Play Online just wasn't working you can't have it be an app you can't have it be a program it was just e. not working mm -hmm. and not a program that by the way it takes like 10 minutes to start <laughs> i don't like clicking an, a button uh, it takes like a minute it's kind of like <clears throat> proto steam <laughs> that's giving it way too much credit but sure <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, like, it's like 
a theme in the amoeba form. <laughs> okay, I can see that. Yeah, because the the amoeba idea theme. was the idea amoeba was that you were theme. you would have multiple games within Play Online that it would yeah. be a game hub. Unfortunately. That never <laughs> happened, so there's only ever going to be one game on that list, and that's yeah. 11. <laughs> so, um, all right. Uh, speaking of official website content, were you involved in the Vanadeel tri uh, Tribune? Uh, Fox tribune. Oh, sorry, Tribune. Foxon says, the team I was in charge of included the, the, the Tribune team, who were responsible for everything uh, from writing articles to creating page layouts. Back then, we were actively considering how to enable players to get involved, uh, such as Community Initiative to certify players as Tribune correspondents. Uh, the Vanadeel tribute was meant to be a guide for players to learn more about the world, but I found it refreshing how it also had aspects that allowed players to become part of the game's context. Foxland says, It certainly might have seemed like an innovative idea back then. On the other hand, all of these initiatives were done manually, and, were, and we were starting to see a limit with what events could be held. Eleven was too immense for our limitations, and we had numerous ideas we wanted to do but couldn't. As such, we shifted our focus to how the components necessary for our community initiatives could be automated or integrated as an in-game system. The closest thing I can think of in 14 to something on this level is the community finder. And that's not even in-game. Right. Yes. Yes. God, remember? Didn't they add like a, like an 11 like friend Tinder? where you had where you could like find your old friends you would just swipe through and if you recognized a uh, person you would am i did i dream this uh, that's crazy any what? 11 player <laughs> yeah they released it like a couple of years ago to like reconnect with old friends to find them again oh yeah no nice. they did re they did they did release that i remember this like i feel like we actually we might covered have covered this covered on the, it. the show yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 okay okay i thought i'm fine yeah yeah. Um, okay, anyways. Handling support for weddings manually. I'm just going to leave hmm. that. <laughs> we talked about it in some episode. Go ahead and, and go through all of our 200 and... Sorry, 300 and something episodes and find that episode where we talk about it. Um, Foxland says, We were eager to have more and more player-initiated events. So we were working... No, no, no. There's an interview question. For oh, shit. Eleven not only had official events, but player-initiated events as well. Were there any that you found memorable? Foxconn says, We were eager to have more and more player-initiated events, so we were working to support them in any way we could. To that end, we had the development team prepare Moogles that could be used as signs and other decorations. However, these were also done by hand, so we were unable to handle a large number of events. Wedding support was originally done in person, so we had to confirm applications by email, make arrangements, place the objects in-game, etc., and we simply couldn't keep up. <clears throat> wedding support is an in-game wedding service which began in November 2002. As of November 2009, NPCs handled the process of selling the necessary items and issuing marriage certificates, and players are able to choose the venue and proceedings of the ceremony. Are there venues available for weddings in in 11 well it has got yes. a better wedding system than 14 I, I think so there there's i never married in 11 but there's yeah there are multiple i think yeah that's crazy i did not know you could even marry in 11 huh? i i didn't know that was a thing to be, 
No, to be honest, neither did I. Yeah. I thought this was a feature that began with 14. No, no, no. That was the thing. Um, you make the argument that it started in 9. In 9? Remember there's that time where you have to go through a wedding ceremony oh. between Ghana and... Um, mm, yeah. uh, what's his name? Zidane. Zidane. And then you can also choose to have Vivi and... Um, what's... Uh, uh, no, no, the um, oh, Ek, 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 um, that sounds just like preparing for a real life wedding. Vedding. That's uh, actually preparing for a real life wedding. <laughs> Fox Clan says it certainly was. From there, we gradually <laughs> changed gears to automate certain aspects, like the application and lottery, or having NPCs stand in for the ceremony. At the t at the same time, many players who knew wedding support's origins were saddened that they'd no longer be able to experience the weddings that were officiated by GMs. Although I definitely mm. understood how they felt, we wouldn't have been able to keep up with the old way, and players would have been waiting indefinitely for their turn to hold a ceremony. It was a tough situation, and I really wish we could have done something about it, but it also taught me a great deal about supporting a larger player community. See, this is the th these are the things that we've lost as video games mm -hmm. get bigger. Yeah. Well, thank God we can pay we... for fake items now. <laughs> <Real money. laughs> yeah. When are we going to start like automating the IRL wedding system? When can I have a wedding without having to go see a wedding a marriage celebrant or a wedding planner? Yeah. Why are we behind the times in right. the real world? Right. I agree right. with you, Gurgi. Why should we have to go out and find someone to marry? Why I can't the system just automate that too? I would I just want like a screen like at the at McDonald's where you just select everything, you know, groom, yeah, uh colors. You can even get like a McFlurry included. A McFlurry may be included. <laughs> yeah, that'd be I mean, nice. Like, weddings are a thing in Singapore. Weddings Mac out, or did sorry, you say what did you say? Mac, Mac weddings. Uh, oh, oh. Mac weddings. That's how you know it's going to be a lasting. That's a loving, lasting relationship. There, yeah. a, lo a lovely we marriage. Who wants to get Mac wed? Yeah, <laughs> they're they're pretty cheap. I think they're between like yeah. five hundred and a thousand USD. I mean, it Gookie, has to be because I would never even pay. before you said like it, as soon as you said, <clears throat> even if it cost a lot, it would be very cheap. Yeah. <laughs> it is also a deeply dystopian <laughs> having a wedding a branded a little dystopian no that's true actually that is true <laughs> uh, you have to like step on a, a like soda cup yeah and, like, and every wedding photo has like a watermark with like mcdonald's <laughs> copyright with Ronald behind you. yeah <laughs> I, mean, I mean in singapore they're constantly trying to get people to have more children maybe that's why they're making weddings so easy maybe that's maybe. why they're making it so that you can book your wedding via the touch screen at a mcdonald's yeah you don't need to be married to have children that's, why can't they have i was a, gonna a say Mc, but a fertility clinic well yeah. it's very important in singapore McFucking. i don't think they necessarily <laughs> oh, <McFuck. laughs> i'm pretty sure it's like a Come on, man. Don't do that. Uh, okay. Um, anyways, by the way, um, how many GMs were there at the time? Um, Foxclone says, only counting the GMs in Japan, there were about 15 to 20 people in the beginning. The number of GMs has gradually increased since then. Incidentally... GMs we have on 14 right now? Oh, yeah. I reckon it's between 15 to 20. I hope it's not. 
I hope it's much higher than that. Yeah, because... Yeah, I think it'd be... For each region... Oh my god, yeah, there's so many servers now. There's so many... There's so much now. I there. Oh yeah, there'd be, probably be at least oh, 100. Impossible to find out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... Incidentally, the main purpose of the GM team at the time was to provide in-game support for Eleven, but they were also responsible for what we call the Network Operations Center, NOC, where they were the first to notice any uh, failures or issues and notify all parties concerned. Now that being online has become the norm, there's been an increasing need for NOC features, and their responsibilities have expanded tremendously. There are now a team that... Uh, they are now a team that monitors an enormous number of titles and services. Uh, that sounds as equally important as providing in-game support as a GM. Foxclone says neither of those infrastructure, uh, neither of neither of those infrastructure in existed at Square prior to that, and they were gradually established in conjunction with Eleven's operations, which eventually led to the team we have today. Wow. There we go. That was a nice to hear from <clears throat> Fox Clun. Yeah, he's had a yes, had a career. I hope they delve a bit back into his past again. Yeah, in the next. Part. I don't. There will be I another don't know if part. They will. I feel like we've. Yes, I feel like there's probably going to be two more parts. Probably. Normally with Maybe, these, they have, have normally with these interviews, they make then. four parts. The last part might Possibly, start pushing uh, into fourteen. I think. Yeah. I don't know what much more there is to say about 11. Well, 11 is long, so yeah. there's been lots of changes, like expansions changed things. You're right, there's been loads so... of changes. Like one time they like added an item, maybe. Mela, they added like a whole trust system that completely like changed the game. So, I mean, that might have been... As a GM, that might have led to a lot of uh, inquiries. A lot from... of layoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Seeing uh... as players don't even need to play together anymore. It's interesting though, because we're sort of seeing the um, the policy that the GMs in fourteen use now. That was so that started with eleven. You know the being invisible thing, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. back in older games, GMs would just kind of walk around and you would see them and you would know them even because the communities were so small. You'd recognize GMs walking around. In eleven, you didn't really see them, and I haven't really seen a GM since, uh, other than like through clips. Uh, uh, we only really see it in like really bad cases. Or yeah, something. yeah, because you, you associate it with bad things, so you know that if you're seeing a yeah. GM, he's like, "Oh, someone's fucked up." That guy's he's going to jail. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> real. Um. Well, yeah, there we go. So, um, interesting to hear from uh, Fox Clan uh, about the olden, the old days. Uh, Wait, get on the street. If, <laughs> if you go. To the wearevinadeal.finalfantasy11.com website. Mm -hmm. There are mm -hmm. so many interviews. I know. I saw. It yeah, makes I me wonder who reads them all. <laughs> we do. The eleven. Yeah, was, yeah well, we do. We don't, but we don't read all of them. We read the <laughs> ones that are that involve people that are still involved in the fourteen team. Yeah. But there's so many of them. Yeah, there are. Oh my god! There was one with Tetsuya Nomura. Oh, oh my wow. god, they pulled Nomura into this? Oh no. Um yeah, well anyways, that is uh that's that's that. Um there will be probably two more parts, so maybe we'll wait for those two parts before we get back, or maybe I don't know. Mm -hmm. Next part will be out on the twenty third, so um so we'll see how much news we have next week. Yes. 
Okay, right. Um, that's it for today. That's actually the end of the episode. Uh, thanks for watching, everyone. We will be back oh. uh, tomorrow with... I uh, almost said King Kong, uh, 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 CK3, uh, which is not King Kong. Uh, and, of course, the next episode will be next want... week, same time, same place. Yes? Mm -hmm. I want to say that should start an hour earlier than our regular weekday stream, weekly streams. Let's but, try uh, again. We'll see. <laughs> Let's try again. Every time oh, something has happened, which has delayed it. So, But one hour earlier, probably tomorrow. All right. If you're watching live, the post show will be coming up. So make sure you catch that. We'll be answering questions from the syndicate. We actually have some this time. So make sure you catch it. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about Pokemon. Who knows? See you there. Bye. Mm. You've just listened to an episode of Speakers of Eidolon, produced by Speakers Network. Producer for this episode was Lukeel Bravestone. Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy XIV is a registered trademark of Square Enix Holding Company Limited. If you would like to support the show, consider pledging to our Patreon campaign at patreon.com speakersxiv or buy some merch at teespring.com stores speakersxiv. Link to both of these sites, as well as our Discord server, is provided in the episode description. Thank you for listening to this Speakers Network production.